welcome to episode 288 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and Jill McKinley is back on the show. How are you doing, Jill? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Yeah, always great having you. And uh, also great having him as well, Jeff Gamut. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. And, you know, it. it's always uh, uh, a happy, fun surprise when I show up. And Jill's here. And yes, exactly. And uh, Ben, unfortunately, couldn't make it this week, but uh, we'll, we'll be thinking about him in spirit. So, because uh, we do have a lot to talk about, including um, CES, a little bit of CES anyway, because it just, it's, well, it's about to end tomorrow. But for us podcasters and, and press, it's our, it's, it ended today, basically, or probably yesterday, because um, most of the, the work is done on, uh, from Sunday through uh, through Tuesday, at the very least, but Wednesday, it's usually got uh, stuff as well. So we'll have that, uh, and uh, we'll have lots of other things to talk about in the topics, uh, including Vision Pro, which we'll talk about in just a moment here. But let's go right to the topics. Like like I said last week, our format's changing a little bit. We're going to do topics, and then we'll, we'll, we'll bring up uh, the news uh, towards the end of the show here. Um, so this week, uh, beta um, iOS 17.3 beta 3 was released this week. Uh, they skipped two because it uh, had a bug. <laughs> so Whoops. Yeah, whoops. So they moved right to, to, to beta 3. Uh, and there really hasn't been much else activity on this Um that they have, they've added a, you know, of course, the stolen device protection feature. We're, we're anxiously waiting to have that in the production version. 17.3's got to be out here sooner or later. Um, and uh, the uh, the other thing with uh, requiring a verification code and a one hour delay to access this stuff with this with, with the secure device uh, uh, program there, as well as uh, we talked about music playlists. So. Pretty much everything we've been talking about, I don't think we really have noticed much else. Um, I haven't been really active looking at it as of late. With iOS 17.3, I don't know if you've seen anything on your iPad, uh, Jeff, with, uh, with the beta. Did you, or did you even do it yet? Because <laughs> two, two is skipped. Yeah, uh, I haven't installed beta 3 yet. With with what was going on with beta 2, Yeah, even though it's my sacrificial iPad, I decided I wasn't quite ready to risk the sacrifice yet. Yeah, so... I know, Jill. You've you you've you smarted up, and you're not putting beta on your. Yeah, devices. I reformed my terrible ways and got out of the beta <laughs> program. But I was thinking about it, and then I saw what happened to two, and then I'm like, no, you're you're yeah. you're good. Yeah. So, but I'm excited uh, for it. Yeah. Watch OS uh, uh, 10.3 was released, as well as TVOS. Nothing really big there. But the question is, when is 17.3 really going to be released? Um, usually, the the in past history with Apple, you've seen that um, they would probably release it, you know, probably around January timeframe. Um, so they're thinking potentially maybe towards the end of this month as we record here in January. But uh, what do you guys think? You think they got a few more betas? They may have. They may have to do a few more betas only because of what happened in beta 2 that they moved right to beta 3, right? It feels like this change is significant. <laughs> and that there would be a lot of places where if you screwed this up, it could cause some real harm to somebody. Yeah. And so I feel this will be a little bit longer than most because if you start messing with how people authenticate, you have to be careful. Oh, for sure. You know, I see that in, in the enterprise world too. You can't like messing with VPN. You can't, uh, you can't mess with that because it's, uh, 
it's going to be a, a nightmare as well as people not being able to access things. So you don't, you don't want that to happen, but this is important. You know, this has been a big problem for a while. So, um, so well, we'll see where it goes here. We'll, we'll keep talking about it here. So, uh, the other big prediction on release date. Yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, well, I'll do it as a window after January 19th. Okay. <laughs> so that, that'll be a week away from as we record here. Um, yeah. So, uh, so definitely it's going to be interesting. Um, so like we mentioned, we're going to, actually we're going to talk about CES a little bit, a little later. Um, but, uh, Apple decided to, to interrupt CES and on the first day it decided to announce that the vision pro is going on sale on February 2nd for that, you know, that, that really reasonably priced of 34.99. Uh, they're going to pre-order the, the, the headset, uh, January 19th. Um, and if you've been waiting to get one of these, yeah, this is, uh, well, well, I, I say it's, it's going to be crazy expensive. Uh, I, I mean, but you know what, just like anything with Apple, you know, that uh, there's going to be people breaking down the doors to pre-order one of these things and they're going to probably be sold out and, and, uh, you know, there'll be, there'll be demand for something that's just terribly expensive. Um, we've talked about what the device can do and what, you know, what, what, where it's at. It's a new technology. Um, Jeff, what's your thoughts on this with the, with vision pro? You think Apple's going to sell out? I think they are. I think they are. I I think that, uh, they, they have a pretty good idea how many they need to make and, uh, which is different from how many they potentially could make. And I think, I, I think that depending on that, that initial demand that will determine how quickly they ramp up production and, uh, or if they ramp it up at all. So they, they might just keep it at a, at a steady level yeah. through, through the year. Uh, by the way, this ties in directly to my prediction of after January 19th for the iOS 17.3 release. Cause that's uh, true. Cause vision pro features in iOS, get them in the operating system release after people can start buying the right. device, but before it actually ships. Yep. Well, I mean, of course you have to have rumors of when, how many devices are going to be made. Uh, Ming Chu Ko has uh, always known to, to be giving us uh, what the, the inside word is. And uh, uh, article here in Mac, Mac rumors that the Apple is planning to, they, he says to produce between 60 and 80,000 vision pro units uh, uh, for the February 2nd launch. Uh, with the small size of that shipment, he believes the vision pro will sell out as soon as the release. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, rumors, we don't know, are they going to make more than, uh, 400,000 units? I don't know. Um, I, I just don't know what the price point is. This is, this is, uh, I mean, other than the, the beginnings of the novelty of it all, and people can drop $3,500 on, on, on this device. I don't know. Uh, what it's going to, where it's going to go. I mean, it could be a flop too. You know, you don't know. It could be a flop. I mean, Apple is doing something that's for any company is very scary and they are creating a whole new space. They've had good luck with, with this in the past. Um, look at the iPhone, look yep, at true. the uh, iPod. So both new platforms and now we're, uh, 
we're going to see what happens with Vision Pro. Yeah, it's, it costs a lot of money, but at the same time, for what it is and where we are in uh, in this type of product, it's probably priced appropriately, even though it's more money than most people are going to want to spend, which yep. is okay because now it also limits how many people will try and buy one. And uh, so 400,000, 500,000 units for the year, that's probably plenty to make because of uh, of who's going to be able to get one. I would love yeah. to get one. Oh, me but too, I, but not my I budget. To do that. <laughs> yeah. And I'd have to get len- uh, prescription lenses for it. I do have a couple people, uh, friends that I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I have a couple friends that I know are either buying on launch day or mm-hmm. are ser- like they're this close. For those of you ah. listening, within an inch of, uh, of, committing to buying on launch day. Yeah. I almost yeah. wonder if they're going to create this very expensive thing and have all the people who are very excited about it, have a lot of money, don't care about it as much. And then immediately turn around and start kicking off number two, a lower price point. You know, now that we've learned this and we've seen what people will do with it. Now let's yeah. go for the next version instead of producing a lot of these it's almost like a weird beta test. Maybe in my, my mind, that's how I imagine it. Well, Jill, you just hit exactly what Apple's MO is for mm-hmm. for new products. They start at the high end, mm-hmm. and then they have a point that they consider their saturation point. Then they bring out a uh, uh, a model that might not have as many features. It's designed so it can cost less. then they saturate for whatever their saturation point is for that space. And they keep working down and you you can see that with, uh, with for more recent products, iPhone, iPad, iPod, um, the home pod, they've, they just, that's what they do. So, yeah, I, I think you can change that from saying, I think to this is, and uh, and your statement is still totally solid. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking at those next ones though. I mean, I'm you know depending on what they cost. I'm excited. I have an Oculus and I have the glasses inside. I love that thing, and I'm excited to see what this could do more for the productivity side than the gaming side. Yeah, well, let, yeah. Let's let's touch upon it. Like you you touched upon the the glasses. You you are going to have to spend an extra ninety nine dollars if you want readers. So for those who don't have glasses but need readers to so if you, you cannot use your own glasses, they will not work. And then if you get prescription lenses, it's going to cost you $149. Uh, the inserts are only going to be available to be purchased online. So you won't expect to wander in an Apple store to pick those up. Uh, and you got to get a prescription as well. So that's uh, definitely going to be um, interesting to see where that goes. Uh, the base storage is going to be 256 uh, gig- gigabytes. Um, so that's, uh, that's going to be something that's going to give uh, – just basic storage. I mean, it's got 16 gigs of RAM and likely you're going to probably get up to one terabyte of storage availability. But imagine how much more that's going to cost if you, what? if you, uh, if you add that, cause we, we know Apple's track record and adding extra storage on, on Mac. So why would, why would it change with, uh, uh, with the, the vision pro here? So, um, so this is a big product line. This is this is probably the biggest thing they've probably announced since what 2014. And how convenient they they announced it 
just as a press release during CES kickoff, <laughs> just to get the attention, right? And take the attention away from CES a little bit. Uh, so mm-hmm. definitely going to be a bigger app store. The, the arcade's going to have about 250 games that are going to be available. So, you know, gaming's going to be relatively popular with this. Uh, with the, the ability of being able to capture spatial photos, it's going to be big and videos. Um, it's going to be life-size scale through Vision Pro. Um, panoramas will be able to wrap around you. So I, I'm excited to see this in the, in the in the wild now and be able to uh, to see where this is because uh, no nobody's ever hasn't other than internal hasn't seen this uh, this uh, as of yet. So uh, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting um, where where this goes. Um, the Apple Store will actually have what's called a face scan to determine the actual pro size for you. So when you go into uh, uh, when you go into a store, there's some information that's out there uh, saying uh, with some code that was actually uh, submitted. Um, the Mac Rumors reported this uh, that they've been using a head measure and fit app uh, to help uh, developers actually test the Vision Pro for the correct size. Um, so. Uh, the Vision Pro is going to ship with both a solo knit band and a dual loop band, um, which the latter has uh, a second strap that goes over the head to give it even more distributed weight. I mean, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how much this thing actually weighs. It looks like a pretty solid device, don't you think? Uh, don't you guys think this? That's pretty solid. Just from I have wear the Oculus, and it looks smaller than that. I mean, it, it? I think it might be lighter than it. So. You do offload some of the weight on top of your head and with other types of bands, but, and I don't think you're going to be running around, you know, I think you're going to sit there and you're going to be throwing screens all over the place and, you know, it might require less activity. So even if it was a little bit heavier, it's not like an Oculus where you're gaming, you're just sitting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, other interesting information, the fact of uh, what the Mac, what the vision pro and the Mac will be able to can and cannot do. Um, so they, they, um, they do say that the Mac and the vision pro can create a virtual desktop. So when it comes to the Mac, the, the keystroke feature of the Apple vision pro will give you something called Mac virtual display. It uses AirPlay two, allows you to connect to your Mac wirelessly, and then have the full set, full headset, looking at your computer through the vision pro, uh, according to Apple, this allows you to place, resize a virtual representation of your Mac's display anywhere in the space. Uh, so yeah, they were demonstrating that. I, I mean, I, this is this is, of all the things is going to be kind of freaky. We're all we all use all, we all work, use Macs here, as most of our audience does too here, um, and that's going to be an interesting thing to, to actually doing computing on a Mac using your your Vision Pro as opposed to a monitor. Huh? What do you guys think on that? That's very compelling to me. Oh yeah, and, you spend a lot of time that, on your Mac being a writer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've got a. 34 inch wide curved display in front of me right now. Yep. And the idea of being able to make this go away and have a substantially larger uh, workspace area without uh, taking space on my desk, getting space back on my desk. Yep. I mean, that's very compelling. Now for, for me to be super happy about this, third-party uh, online chat tools like, like, um, 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 wow, isn't that funny? We use Zoom every day, and all of a sudden I, I had to click on the app and look in the corner of my screen to remember what it's called. <laughs> to be able to use Zoom uh, 
without having a camera in front of me and appear to you as just like this, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a really cool idea. Now, how long before third-party app developers can take advantage of that? Because at launch, it's just a FaceTime thing. Right. Yeah, right. I, you- I imagined I mean, multiple virtual desktops, and I read that that's not going to happen, at least right out of the box, because... Mm-hmm. I could see someone crushing their Mac by having everything running. Like I'm editing my podcast over here and I'm watching this movie over there and I'm writing the blog post over here and you could easily start disintegrating everything. But I just imagine being in a hotel room when I travel and being able, instead of being in this poor little shabby hotel room, sitting there with all my stuff and being able to edit and and do everything that I do at home with multiple monitors. I I think that's great. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like there. You're saying you 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 use your visual. I mean, the Vision OS apps alongside your Mac. Uh, with that visual virtual display and enabled, you'll be able to uh, use the Vision OS apps right alongside your virtual Mac screen. So, example, you could work on a Final Cut Pro project and then have an enormous Mac display while also viewing and interacting with separate screens, uh, displaying Vision OS apps like Photos, Notes, Files, and so on, which. Uh, that that I think is going to be pretty interesting to see how that works. So, so really giving you some uh, productivity increases right there, uh, being able to do things like that. Because you know how we do it now, got to have a second monitor or something, or you get like you have the thirty four inch curve, like you have. I have a thirty two inch here on my desk here, and and uh, yeah, granted that this display is really nice and big, but you know it's moving it in positions and you know the way that the windows move on Mac and all that. It's going to be interesting. Um, Connecting Mac accessories, the Vision Pro is going to uh, um, have a virtual keyboard for spatial computing sessions, um, but uh, you'll also be able to wirelessly connect Mac accessories to the Vision Pro, including the Magic Keyboard and Magic Trackpad, which is, I don't know, how am I, I going to do it like this? You're like looking at the Vision Pro and you're typing away here, right? <laughs> it's, well, okay, here, here's how I visualize that. And oh, I see what I just did there. Okay, anyhow. <laughs> Because the Vision Pro has the uh, the camera, so you can see your your area around you, mm-hmm. it should, at least in theory, work just as if you didn't have the Vision Pro on. So you've got all your stuff in front of you, and the cameras are letting you see your actual hands and your keyboard out uh, wherever you have those sitting. Right. So it would it would it ought to feel like that, but. Yeah, you know, if if I've got stuff like wrapped around me and I need to type in multiple things, and I spin all the way around in my chair, which is something you could potentially do, and I've yep. lost my keyboard. Absolutely. A um, couple things that you won't probably likely be able to do is uh, being able to arrange Mac apps in the virtual space, creating multiple virtual virtual displays, so you won't be able to make multiple displays all at once there. And no surprise at all, you are not. You will not be able to connect this to an Intel Mac. You have to have uh, a silicon-based uh, Mac in order for it, uh, this to work. That doesn't that makes that makes total sense. It's old architecture. Why does Apple want to support that? And that's all. So there's a lot of lot of lot of stuff that's going to be happening here. We got a couple of weeks away, and we'll we'll follow we'll follow the news and find out. We want to get. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of content creators going to be doing lots of demos. I know it. <laughs> They're going to tell us all about it. So we'll be, we'll, 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 like everybody else, we'll be finding more about it soon here. So it's going to be just 
interesting we have to sit on the sidelines here just because because of budget but hey it's fine with me i got like we can enjoy it with other people that are going to be able to they're not going to send free copies to tech podcasters i mean is this how it's going i think someone like ig steen and and, uh mkbht (laughs) is probably no problem uh but some small podcaster like me no i don't don't think so (laughs) it's disappointing because you'd think they'd know who you are and the value in getting a vision pro in your hands early yeah you would think but no i mean but maybe our friends like dave hamilton uh, who knows chuck joiner might even get one we don't know but uh we'll, we'll we'll find out so um so we'll uh see where it goes that's for sure so um CES CES 2024 unfortunately I was not able to make it this year as much as I wanted to but I, I lived vicariously through all of our friends uh Chuck Joyner Dave Hamilton Allison Sheridan uh, uh Pilot Pete um all all were there and I got to h- kind of virtually hang out with them via text to see uh how things were going throughout the the week and it sounds like there was some good productive stuff um you know, they, uh, I do have some of the press releases, and we'll talk be talking about it in future shows, uh, like Pepcom and uh, Showstoppers. Uh, does that's the uh, the media events as well as uh, CES unveiled. Those all happened Sunday and Monday uh, of this past week, uh, and uh, some good stuff. And there was uh, you know a fair amount of announcements and uh, and such. Uh, but uh, I've got some links and showing us some of the things um, that uh, that were out there. Um, First off, I, I asked you, Jeff. Have you? Have you? Did either one of you get to follow anything that was announced this week, and that's something that just uh, caught your eye? Let's start with you, Jeff. Um. Oh wait, which one of us is starting, Jeff? Oh, okay, I I wanted to make sure I didn't like walk over you, Jill. I I would feel really bad if I did that. Um. Okay, so I've been following some of what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things that really stood out to me. Um, despite, or no, okay. First, everything had AI because of course, yep. um, but products that stood out to me, there's the LG transparent television mm-hmm. and, um, and the rabbit R one, which is, uh, it's a, a little handheld device. That's like your AI assistant. And, uh, and it's different from the humane, you know, the one that's like a Star Trek communicator on your chest in that it does more than respond with information for you. It can actually take action for you. So, um, uh, an example would be you go to, um, uh, you want to go to Las Vegas. And so you ask your R1 to uh to find your flights to vegas and then it can go a step farther and once it's found what you want and and you know it's the flight that you want then it can actually go through the booking process and it can it'll know how to interact with a lot of interfaces out of the box but it can learn other interfaces. So if there's specific services that you use that it doesn't understand how to, uh, to work through the interface, it'll learn that. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a fascinating product that I think will be relatively short lived because I'm pretty sure the end goal for, for the company is to get bought. 
And so they're they're showing up with some really cool technology and this product that goes on sale uh, in a couple months. And the product is basically, here's our proof of concept of how cool our company and our technology is. How much do you want to pay to buy us? Yep. I'm totally speculating here. But oh, of course. That's anyhow. CS is. It's, it's future products. and rare you could see something that we released right away. Mm-hmm. Anything catch your eye, Jill? Well, first of all, that transparent TV is amazing. Yeah. I just bought a brand new LG TV and they were talking about how much the new ones are going to be brighter. And I already think mine is blindingly bright. So yeah. I'm thinking this is too bright, but okay. <laughs> you probably can turn it down. But I got into some of the other things like the camper that LG made. They made a camper that is entirely smart. And I thought, oh, I never yeah. wanted anything more. And then the, you know, so there were some bird watching binoculars. Oh, I saw that. Cool. Yeah, I know that could do AI and tell you what you have. I mean, that's, I think, where I'm excited about technology is helping you do th- do things better. I don't need a bigger, bigger TV. I don't need a Roomba that, you know, talks to me and reads me my Audible books. You know, I just need, <laughs> I'm more interested in that innovation and, you know, like the camper and the binoculars. And yeah, so I'm excited about those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of some of the notable things we'll just talk about, kind of run through some of these here. Um, DJI did come up with a, 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 uh, impressive drone and it was extremely expensive. Uh, it's a mere $42,000. Uh, well, it'll, it'll go over, it's, it, uh, 66 pounds and it, and it goes over 25 miles on uh, a single battery, uh, but that costs us a little Wait, bit. how many? It says 25 miles on a single battery. And it, okay, and, and it weighs sixty six pounds, uh, and it's forty two thousand um, dollars. So this could be aimed towards maybe delivery, delivery businesses, that kind of thing. Maybe uh, possible. Um, we know Apple was very adamant against promoting the fact of using the AirTag for your dog, and then a lot of people were putting the dog you know, on their co- the dog chain on their collar with the AirTag. Well. Uh, you have a company here that actually is coming out with an actual, um, a catalyst actually it is. We've, uh, we've, we've talked about their products on the show before. Uh, they have a dog collar. That's actually a, a collar with the air tag built right into it. it goes around the, the dog. So the dog can't get to it or chew on it. And that, that was always the big problem because it would dangle and then they mm-hmm. find it to want to grab it. So, uh, that was interesting to see, uh, as they talked about, uh, a robot lawnmower, they'll actually do the hard work for you. Um, uh, this is by a company called Alper. Uh, it's the horizon U one and be able to, uh, put a lawnmower out there. And I would be surprised you can exit on your iPhone, be able to, uh, uh, uh control it remotely, uh, from there, uh, and, and, and going through that. Um, other thing that was, uh, interesting was Govi. We know Govi makes some great, uh, lighting and, 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 uh, home, home kit products they got ai gaming lights so they're actually it's going to have matter support and built in ai so uh, algorithms will be able to automatically translate in-game content and create lighting effects that give you that immersive feel maybe we need to use that for our podcast right jeff <laughs> i think you need to order two right now yes yeah, so we got to order those it's a gaming I have a lot of Gobi things in this house yeah. <laughs> so i was excited to see them there and i have there are yeah. previous lights like that, and I'm I'm excited about what Govi brought. Yeah. Um, Belkin actually, believe it or not, you know, we know Belkin, they make some pretty good, decent products, but some of their stuff is, you know, so 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 in, in some cases. Um, but they have a new auto tracking iPhone stand. 
uh, uses MagSafe technology to actually stick to the back of the iPhone and has a 360-degree movement that tracks and a 90-degree motorized lift to keep you in the frame. So no matter which, uh, where you move, it's for good for content creators, you know, being able to have, you know, we're all using their iPhones these days, uh, holding on to it. And we always see these TikTok videos and the camera as I'm moving up and down and going crazy. That this, this might be an interesting, uh, uh, see where, uh, well, let's see where this is. Um, when it comes to that, um, Samsung is going to have to uh, have a line of actual game controllers, Samsung game controllers. I've never heard that those two names in one sentence. Uh, well, Samsung makes everything else in the world already. It's crazy. So game controls, uh, a device that's actually going to let you be able to perform at home health checkups. Uh, it's the, the Withering's uh, beam. O, which is a single device. that serves as a thermometer, electrocardiogram, oximeter and stethoscope. It's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Um, that, that's another product that I think looks really cool. I mean, it's that, very that, Star Trek. Very much so. Uh, of course, you know, Victrola. We knew that brand that, that got bought many years ago. Um, well, that was the old brand of, of, of turntables in the, the old days. They, they revitalized that brand name a number of years ago here. Uh, they, they have a turntable now that you'll actually be able to uh, stream vinyl vir- to virtually any device. Um, you know, I've, I've got... One of those, I got a Victrola one, actually, the, the turntable that's got, that's uh, like a case that folds up and I bought. It does have mm-hmm. Bluetooth. So just just having Bluetooth for a, who, thought, who would have thought with a vinyl record and being able to play it on Bluetooth. You know, all, all we had to go through over the years with a, with a, with a turntable, plug it into your preamp that's in your amp and to your receiver and, and be able to, uh, to, to play the, the album. But you don't even need that anymore. They, they're. Everybody loves this loving vinyl. Vinyl has made such a comeback. Um, My 80s collection of remixes are about to hit mainstream again. Nice. How did I miss out on seeing the little countertop beer machine where it brews (laughs) the beer for you? I just saw that. Yep. Oh, yeah. I need this. uh, So they're really going to call. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it. So there's that, that's just notably some of the, uh, other things that, that caught my eye with, uh, with CES, there was, there was just a, uh, a couple others here. I'd like to hit here, uh, including, uh, there was a, uh, what was it? Uh, I thought there was a new, a new home kit, uh, issue, uh, product here. Uh, let me see, uh, where I had that like here, that new lock. There was a new lock that did a lot of home kit. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Uh, there- that. Yeah. Go ahead. Now, um, what I thought I I was wrong, so I'll just keep my mouth shut. No. <laughs> it's okay. Uh so uh let me see. There was there's I guess I had just so many so many uh so many different products here uh that that uh that was out there. So but let's look at what the trend was, really what the trend is. AI. AI clouds everything. That was the mm-hmm. That's the biggest trend. And we knew that going into this show that AI was going to be the biggest discussion of all. We talked about AI last week, if you heard our show about uh, chat GPT and AI. Um, and yeah, including algorithm, machine learning, uh, automation, all is going to be marketed for AI product, uh, powered products. Uh, the, it's just crazy. I, I can't even keep up how, how much uh, stuff is going to be here. Um, as well as uh, as uh, Jill, you were talking about uh, you 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 have uh, you you have the Meta uh, Quest device, 
Uh, the VR, AR, and XR is going to be prepping for another big year with mixed reality um, in the in the metaverse. Um, that's going to be a crazy thing as well. And and then we just talked about the transparent TVs and TVs and in, in general, hundred inch TVs. Will be, that's crazy to even think about the hundred inch TVs. I mean, I've got ninety eight inch TVs and I have at work I manage so. Those when we got those, that was amazing. But those are still pretty big, heavy size TVs. But they're it's giant. They're getting thinner, thinner, and smaller. I and bought smaller. the forty-eight inch because I was worried they're getting so large they're going to stop <laughs> chopping off the little ones. And I thought better get it before it's gone. But yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of things. I saw a lot of security things though that kind of rooms that have cameras and microphones and right. and i thought oh boy now there's now this everything's just gonna spy on you your refrigerator is gonna give you ads your washer is gonna oh gosh <laughs> you know it's gonna be spyware everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah uh just, that is not the dystopian future i, w- I was looking forward to <laughs> no <laughs> um Another notable product, Sennheiser. Sennheiser has a new pair of wireless earbuds that features heart rate and body temperature, temperature sensors. They launched a several new wire-free products um, uh, from their headphone options. Um, it's called the Momentum Sport earbuds, and they're fitness optimized, but uh, they'll also feature a heart rate sensor and uh, body temperatures sensor. can provide you real-time biometric feedback, uh, and the data can be in the Health app, of course, on an Apple device, on your iPhone. Um, so that was one notable thing. So yeah, it uh, looks like Sennheiser just released a bunch of new products that are very similar uh, to what the, with that feature. Um, they have another one called the Adaptive ANC, which is uh, got more advanced tuning system, upgraded battery system, allowing the earbuds to last about seven and a half hours before needing to charge. Wow. Um, so, but these are going to be also very expensive. That 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 product is going to be around three hundred dollars. Um, so. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see um, where uh, where that goes. Um, Skosh came out with their new Qi Chu. Qi Two is is the new thing with the charging system. I've had one of these base links. I have one of the older ones. Uh, this is the new version. It's the base link two point zero modular charging system. Uh, it's offering the Qi Two charging standard. Uh, there's a MagSafe version in, uh, that launched uh, earlier this year. But this new model is going to be available with, uh, uh, it's going to be directly from Skosh in the, in the, uh, in the spring here. Uh, it's a multi-component charging system that has modules that you would un- untatch. I, this one looks more, so much slicker. The one I have just seems so old. <laughs> so, uh, but at the time when I brought it, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, Skosh makes some, some cool stuff. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and, uh. Some of the other mobile accessories that were released, I think there's the, so there was the, the not only we talked about the Belkin, uh, there was some cases. Um, Hyperjuice came out with a ten thousand milliamp Qi two tar- charging bank. Um, they they wow. saw that. So did Anchor. Anchor has a six point six kilo kilowatt uh, MagSafe power bank. Um, so they're, they're, you're seeing even more. And uh, oh, Mophi, Mophi came out with their juice pack. I I would love the juice pack. I had. I, when it first came out, that was the first thing I always had on my iPhone. I remember it had that big giant case. I had to slide the iPhone into it. Then you had the little piece, the little piece that had to pop right into it to lock in place. That was my Mophie juice pack. I loved having that. I thing. remember the juice pack now. Yeah. I just Those I forgot all about that. Yeah. So, so Mophie has come back. So if Mophie had since been bought out uh, by Zag, 
Um, so they're, they're, they're a bigger company now, but, uh, oh, this is awesome that, that they brought the juice pack back. I, I, I always love that, 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 but well, you know, back in those days, those older iPhones, the battery life was so bad Yeah, and, and you had to have it. I mean, yeah, as soon as the batteries let go, let me flip the switch boop, boop, <laughs> to get the, um, mm-hmm. to, to get the battery to work. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of other stuff. You know, OtterBox came out with some new cases. Of course, we talked about this last week, the, the Clicks Creator Keyboard. I, I, I'm going to have to ask, uh, we're, we're, we plan on having Chuck join her on the show next week. Um, everything works out in the schedule. I'm hoping he was able to see this Clicks Creative Keyboard, Creator Keyboard, that which was the, the making your iPhone look like a, a BlackBerry with the physical keyboard, which I think is still crazy. <laughs> so, uh, and they're, I mean, and my God, they're charging $159 for that case, which is, I think is just absolutely crazy. Um, uh, so it just seems like there was a lot, a lot of cool stuff that, uh, that was announced. Uh, and, um, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm just very impressed, uh, to see what this, let me see if there's a couple other items here. Um, yeah, the, the locks, you know, the, the, the home kit locks were, were a big thing. Uh, uh, you talked about the robo, uh, the robo vacuums, uh, robo rock, uh, was, it was, a it was going to support matter and it's got, uh, yeah, it's a sendless. <laughs> I think we could go on here. And the first Thunderbolt five devices. That's kind of yes. nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually. Yeah. In fact, I, I remember, uh, actually from our, our texting for, from our, 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 crew uh, there was a uh there was a, a dock that was announced by uh was it yeah here it is it was the uh uh the j5 create they created a they have they have a new thunderbolt dock um and uh but the only problem is with the fact it's got thunderbolt 5 the thunderbolt 5 standard hasn't been hasn't been ratified yet it still has to be approved um so i think it has to, it's it, it's at the earliest it would have to be approved would be april uh, but you can imagine how expensive those stocks are going to be too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, probably about you should four buy or one to go with your Vision Pro. Yeah, exactly. Um, our friends at OWC they came out with some new stuff, including the uh, OWC Thunderbolt X8 uh, SSDs, boasting uh, uh, eight NVMe, twenty-two forty-two modules, uh, and yeah, you could have one up up to thirty two terabytes in solid state. That'll set you back, starting at seventeen nine seventeen hundred and forty nine dollars. Goes along with your Vision Pro too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the, the cases so, on those drives, though, it's pretty cool. It it looks like you're buying a giant yeah. heat sink, which yeah. I guess really you are. It yeah. just well, has I bought uh, storage I bought the inside. new one. I, this was the I think the S three. Well, I forgot the model. This one I have it on camera here. Remember I showed you this. This is the the yeah. new drive this oh. is their new owc this one is more reasonably priced so what i'm showing is this this product it's got the i mean this thing is solid and i have a i have a, a two terabyte uh ssd uh in here now so i know it's one terabyte uh, two terabyte s and vmbs are kind of expensive uh so uh yeah this thing is super solid and it's insanely fast too i think you can get but anywhere between 1500 and uh, 2500 uh mega, megabytes a second speeds so i mean so the technology has really really changed immensely when it comes to these drives uh, for that so and hooks up nicely to your to your ipad too so you can uh uh, so you can uh, do that too so nice um, but yeah there's there's just a lot of lot of great stuff uh, that was out there we could keep going but i'm probably be about two hours all by itself talking about this stuff 
like I said, I'm hoping to get Chuck Chuck on the show next week and like to hear his 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 uh, thoughts on where the show went uh, from him. We'll we'll see see if we get him on and, and be able to talk more about CES and and we'll be talking more about CES probably over the next few weeks. Uh, so we could probably keep on going here. So, um, so let's uh, go on and I got some news stories too. There was plenty of news in, on top of uh, CES and Vision Pro. Um, the lawsuit that was out. Oh gosh, I couldn't even. I completely forgot about this lawsuit. This is the uh, this is the battery gate settlement payments that's being sent out to iPhone users. It was back in 2020. Apple agreed to pay $500 million to, uh, to settle a class action lawsuit of the, uh, in the U.S. that accused the company of secretly throttling some iPhones. And payouts are finally are going to be going out this week as we record. We submitted a, uh, 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 submitted a claim. If you remember what it was, uh, this was filed in 2017, shortly after Apple had revealed that they were throttling the maximum performance of some iPhone models with chemically aged batteries when necessary to prevent the devices from unexpectedly shutting down. This happened way back in iOS 10.2.1. And initially uh, they failed to mention the fact that the, the, the change in the updates release notes that uh, they were very lack of transparency and letting everybody know. So um, I did get an email. I'm getting my whopping $29 for at least one of the phones I was able to prove I had. I mean, I had all of them, so pretty much. Uh, so probably could have, because there are some people who were getting up to 90, 100, uh, 90, 100, $150 and they were able to have multiple, multiple iPhones. So what do you think? I of was this, a person Jeff? who had a ticket where my phone would insta shut down. So yeah. I could have used some throttling to save oh. my battery from crushing yeah. me. <laughs> what do you think of this, Jill? I mean, what do you think of this lawsuit? Um, you know, I get the transparency business, but I, you know, I think, like I said, I think that they were trying to solve a problem that the performance got so much better than the older batteries could handle. And the older batteries are probably sitting at some percentage and they were solving a problem. They weren't trying to take anyone's performance away. So I get it. You know, they didn't say anything, but I kind of think too, it's, I thought it was overdone back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? The only mistake Apple made with this was the transparency thing. Yep. And this whole thing was blown way out of proportion and became a uh, uh, opportunistic money grab that ultimately just costs us as consumers because because uh, we will be eating the cost of what Apple is paying out. And uh, yeah, th- this this should have never happened. And all it would have taken is for Apple to say up front, Hey, this this is how we're managing older batteries so that your phone doesn't unexpectedly crash. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So gonna be interesting. We'll see. When I get my check, I'll I'll probably show it to everybody. <laughs> awesome. And we know and we know Chuck is Chuck Joyner's just shaking his head because I know how much he hates lawsuits when it comes to Apple. <laughs> I'm going to sue them for not throttling my phone. Yeah, there you go. My phone battery dead all the time. (laughs) Um, Let's get uh, that lawsuit going. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, next story, uh, some Apple music subscribers were experiencing library sync syncing issues across the iPhone and the Mac over the past few months. Some users were uh, unable to sync their Apple music library. I kind of noticed it myself was happening in my, at least on my Mac. Um, it, It seemed to be due. It was due to a bug. Uh, you get an error and say genius results cannot 
can't be updated right now. An unknown error occurred. I always love those error messages. Unknown error occurred. 18004. Um, these complaints well, were it has all over a the number, ma- so they must yeah. know something about it. It must be something though. Uh, so the they they don't have the re- reasoning on the underlying uh, cause of what the uh, the issue is, but uh, it's not entirely clear if uh, fix will be required software updates. So they haven't have to fix this yet. So um, Apple still hasn't said anything uh, as of yet. What what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, Apple has a bad track record here. Seems it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having this problem a lot. I have an iPad mini that I keep in my bedroom and I was like, why isn't this music on here? Cause I have some like nature sounds to listen mm-hmm. to. Uh-huh. Like they're all gone. Where'd they go? And I tried everything I could do to get them to sync. And then I saw your article and go, well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, be aware of that for those who are experiencing this issue. That's for sure. Uh, and, uh, Apple card that, that got announced just after we ended the show last week. So I have to, of course, talk about it. I, we got a pleasant surprise for those of you who have the Apple card savings account. We got another uh, interest rate increase. Uh, so the APR is the AP, APY is now at 4.35%. I know not much, but uh, the, Hey, everything is good. So it just happened to be a notification. In fact, my wife had said to something to me, so, you know, what? The, the, the interest rate go up on this account instead of 4.35. I was, Oh, it must be just an update. I wasn't thinking about it. And then this came up shortly after she said that to me. So, uh, so this is the second increase they've done for the savings account in as many months. It was from it went from 4.15 to 4.25, and now it's at 4.35. So those just small, small increases. But again, you know this this came out uh, this savings account came out in April of 2023. That's close to a year now, and uh, and uh, allows you to earn some pretty good serious amounts of interest, which is really nice. Um, so, but of course, we know as we talked about that there's quite turmoil right now with uh, Apple and Goldman Sachs. So. They're looking to terminate the the partnership with the Apple Card, so it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes. What do you think, Jeff? What do you think, Jill? Um, I think it's great. I mean, I like the Apple Savings account, and yeah. I'm debating on using it more. I really just use it for when it accumulates, but I'm starting to think I'm going to throw money into it as compared to my credit union. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been transferring some credit union money in and uh, and whatever I could put in there uh, to uh, to build up the savings. Because yeah, I'm going to actually have to put that. The minimum. I don't have minimal amounts of interest now, so that's going to have to be on my taxes this year because I always had minimal <laughs> amounts in the past. So, uh, so it, uh, so it's it's good to see. So, um, what do you think, Jeff? Any, any thoughts? I think this is great, and uh, um, I, I love the idea that Apple is aggressively working to add more value to. Uh, the I'll, I'll call it their financial service sector. Yep. For sure. Um, and th- uh, speaking of the savings account, the other interesting article here in Mac rumors was here's how the Apple card, new savings rates compared to the alternatives. Um, they, they put together actual guide of, of AP APYs are some of the other popular high yield savings accounts. Um, doesn't say what the actual, uh, minimum balance. Cause the good thing about the Apple account is there is no minimum balance. You just, just build your savings and then you get, and you earn it no matter what. Um, so it, they seem pretty good, pretty much in line. And, and most, some of these are at four and point five, four point six five, up to five and five and a quarter, which is yeah, pretty gosh darn nerd for an, for a, for a, st- a standard savings account. So, um, it's compared Maybe to I'll looking at, 
Maybe I have enough money in it to buy my next Mac. I don't know. There you go. We can live in hope. Compared to the big banks like Bank of America, who has point point oh one in Chase, but point oh one savings. So, uh, right. so this is this is this is good information. So, so check that out in the show notes. Uh, Apple Music Classical is going to be expanding to more countries. Finally, this month, um, later this month, they're going to be. It's going to be available in China, Jap- Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Mikado. Uh, Starting on January 24th, as we record, uh, this was a post actually from Apple on X. Surprisingly, on uh, I don't didn't think Apple was still posting things on there. Um, so huh. App, Apple did uh, launch class Apple Music Classical finally after many years of after uh, after buying uh, out uh, that other company uh, last March and uh, and offers subscribe music subscribes uh, access to this as well, uh, but it still isn't on a Mac, which still doesn't I understand you use the classical uh, app uh, Jeff what do you think on this I think this is nice and at the same time I don't care you can bring Apple Music Classical to as many countries as you want but yeah. until you put it on the device where I can get the highest quality audio I don't care there you go give me <laughs> Apple Music Classical on my Mac or GTFO dang it Dang it. <laughs> what do you think, Jill? I, I, I'm curious, and maybe Jeff knows the answer to it, or you do. I, why is there a separate app? I, I don't understand why this isn't just rolled into music, but maybe I like I, classical music, and I'm glad to have more of it. Jeff has a good I don't know why it's a separate app. I can speculate, and, and I think it's because when they bought um, – I just forgot the name of the company. It's like bought. Prismatic or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was already a separate app. Oh, okay. And so I think it, it was probably it. an easier path to, to do this. At some point, it may get rolled into their overall music app. Um, but yeah, for now, it's a separate app. Yeah. Yep. But it's nice. Store. I love the, the selection. Okay. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Too bad I can't use it on my Mac. Grr. Couple more stories here. Um, Al Gore and James Bell are going to have to retire from the Apple's board of directors, and Dr. Wanda Austin is going to join. Uh, both of those gentlemen uh, are over the age of seventy-five, and I guess there is a rule on the board of directors so that anybody over that age has to step down and retire. Um, so it and. Uh, I'm, you know, they've obviously been great for Apple's, uh, you know, Al Gore, especially, uh, been, uh, looking, uh, helping with Apple on the board for a long time. Um, according to Apple, this, uh, uh, Dr. Austin has uh, bringing dec- decades of science and technology experience uh, to their, to their role. She has a track record of advancing innovation and shaping corporate strategy. It's good to have somebody like that to look out for Apple's best interest. Um, and, uh, it was quoted as saying, I want to spend decades advancing the technology on behalf of humanity. And we're going to be thrilled to welcome her to the Apple's board of directors. This is Tim quote from Tim quote, Tim cook. And, uh, she's an extraordinary leader. Her invaluable experience and expertise will help, uh, will support our mission of leaving the world a better than we can found it. So interesting to see where this goes. Yeah. Al Gore was on the board since 2003. So, and then James Bell was on since 2015. So yeah, Al's been on there for over 21 years. So, um, it's a good, good, good deal. 
Any thoughts on this? I didn't know Al Gore was on the board. I didn't know until your article who was on the board. I had no idea. So. <laughs> okay. But oh, Dr. I knew Al Gore Austin, was on it. sounds great. So. Yeah. Um, uh, Al Gore and James Bell leaving the board. Okay. On one hand, that's, that's sad. Um, on the other hand, uh, Dr. Austin joining the board. That's the big news to me. Um, she she is so smart, so capable, and has so much experience. I, I think what she can bring to Apple's board is uh, if they if they had to ask someone to leave the board so that she could join, it would have been worth it. Yeah. This this way they didn't have to. Uh, but yeah, it, that's the really big news for me getting to getting to see her on the board. Oh, for sure. Sure. Um, so good to see. Uh, so uh, one uh, note here, Apple did, uh, this was announced today as we record this, Apple released a magic keyboard firmware update uh, with Bluetooth security fix. Uh, they released this uh, firmware, it's uh, firmware version 2.0.6 that fixes uh, a Bluetooth related security vulnerability. An attacker with physical access to uh, to the accessory may be able to extract its Bluetooth pairing key and monitor Bluetooth traffic. This was according to a uh, Apple support document. Uh, the firmware is going to be available for the various magic keyboard models on the Mac, including um, magic keyboard, magic keyboard with a numeric keypad, as well as the, uh, the magic keyboard with touch ID. Uh, and, Firmware updates are updated automatically on these types of devices, so you would never know when it does uh, update. You can go into the system preferences, click Bluetooth, and then click the info button next to your keyboard. So be aware of that. Uh, uh, I know it's been a long time since I remember that there had to been an actual firmware update to, for peripherals uh, for Apple. That we know of. Yeah, they, or they just didn't, <laughs> right. didn't tell us. You know, they're supposed to be transparent, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so transparent? You didn't even see it. Yep. Uh, one one other thing here, and I'm going to leave with our last story here, is uh, YouTube discontinues its iMessage mini app for iPhone and iPad users. I didn't even know about this. Yes, the iMessage app is still, iMessage app store is still a thing, although many iOS users had no idea you can download iMessage mini apps, and YouTube was one of them. Uh, that was integrated into Apple's messaging app. And now it seems like the company has decided to discontinue it. Um, it was confirmed um, that, uh, which was, uh, there was a release on January 10th for this app. And it uh, looks like it's going to be going on its wayside. I had no idea this was in here. I don't know if you guys did. <laughs> I I didn't know about, about yeah. this specific and, app. Um, here Here's the real problem here. I mean, yes, YouTube does not have a solid track record with uh, supporting app, uh, Apple devices with native apps, but the fact that we have the, the whole iMessage app store thing and people don't know it's there, this is a big fail on Apple's part. Apple's goal has been to make the Messages app, the iMessage platform, into a a nexus a go-to place for you for all your communication and they have failed at that just straight up if if you ask people where where are you interacting with all of the 
all of these other things. They're going to tell you that they're in Facebook or they're in WhatsApp. They're not in messages. No, that's right. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, YouTube's got to do a better job with uh, with this kind of stuff. So, and so does Apple, and Apple too. All right, last story of uh, the news this week. Um, I, the ITC wants Apple Watch sales bans the sales ban reinstated. Apple presents a weak and unconvincing case. Uh, the, the ITC uh, formally opposed Apple's motion for the Apple Watch sales ban to remain paused during the remainder during the, uh, the for the duration of Apple's appeal. A document was filed with the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Federal Circuit Court. The ITC lawyers say that Apple presents a weak and unconvincing case to invoke the extraordinary remedy of of a stay pending appeal. And Apple's uh, adding that Apple's arguments amount to little more than an indisputable intricated uh, infringement uh, requesting permission to continue infringing on the asserted patents. So the court's waiting for responses and the the wait for the ruling until January 15th as we record this. Uh, and, um, as we know, uh, they stopped selling Apple, Apple watch nine and, and, uh, the, the ultra two, <laughs> because it's infringing on a patent, uh, for measuring your, for, for measuring, uh, what was it to the, uh, the medical, uh, with the, yeah, the medical, the, go ahead. It was the pulse oximeter, wasn't it? Pulse yeah. oximeter, that's it. Yeah. From Massimo. Um, so, I mean, Apple said that they're coming out with software updates. I mean, to, to. To around this patent, I mean, nothing's happened yet. So I certainly hope Apple's getting on, or they're going to be—it's uh, going to be in the same boat where the Apple Watch is going to go off the market again. What do you think, Jeff? I think this whole thing's going to get very interesting. Yep. And and uh, I, I've been reading some some stuff from uh, from patent law experts mm-hmm. that is uh, contradicting contradicting what the ITC and what Massimo are claiming. Yep. And uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if Apple has their own experts that are offering up a similar interpretation. And basically what they're saying is what, what Massimo is doing in this case, which I'm finding very interesting, they're saying they're acting more like a patent troll. Yep. And, uh, and I find that fascinating because Massimo does make products. And so... This is not typically something you would you would hear together, um, but right. here here we are. So what they're saying is that what Massimo has done, which is uh, basically the same tactic they used in their previous case with the other company um, that they sued, they're taking their patent and then essentially reverse engineering the interpretation of the patent to fit the argument that they need to make to try and be successful mm-hmm. in court, which isn't necessarily in line with what the patent is actually saying. Right. And, uh, and so seeing these, these articles come up recently, now it's making more sense to me why, why Apple may be reticent to, uh, to cut a deal with, uh, with Mesimo. And, uh, and if so, Apple is in a very strong position to be able to really push that argument. Yep. And by strong position, I mean, regardless of, of how legit it may or may not be, they have basically bottomless pockets to fight with. Yep. Right. Your thoughts, Joe? 
read a little bit about the case and how this involves, I think, an employee who used to work for Massimo and then moved to Apple. And it makes me think about the whole thing of how the tech industry just keeps having people move and where that line is. I, you know, mm-hmm. that I saw like a lot of X or Twitter people went to threads. You know, where, at what point are you breaking copyright when you had experience in a area and now you brought your experience somewhere else? So I don't know, but that was, that was the interesting part to me was the hiring. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I'm definitely going to uh, uh, be watching. I think we all are because if the Apple watch goes off the market again, hmm. <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised. I, I think Apple's going to do something. Yeah. I'll be surprised if, if, uh, it, if they, well, I will be surprised if the ITC argument stands, I think Apple will be able to get the stay and, uh, and Apple Watch yep. can stay on the market. I mean, p- part of the ITC's argument is that Apple hasn't proven that they will be harmed by not being able to sell a product. Right. Okay, by blocking Apple from selling a product like the Apple Watch, something that is popular, by definition, you are harming the company because you are negatively impacting sales. Right. For sure. Yeah. So, going to be interesting. So uh, with that, wow, we got got through a whole uh, hour here of uh, great topics and information and news. And uh, let's uh, go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and, su- uh, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Mastodon at intouchwithios at techhangout.social. Support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. Become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have two tiers available to support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe when you're um, so you're notified when we're live streaming, which we had a lot of great people in the chat today. Uh, Cletus and Frank. Frank Petrie was in the chat earlier. Great Frank. to see you, Frank. It's been a long time. As well as Cletus, uh, it was there and uh, Wither Bucket, which I believe is uh, that's your your brother Jill. He's always joining us when you're on the show. Jill's brother. Jill's brother. Yep. He's hoping so. to get an Apple Pro for his birthday, or <laughs> Vision Pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I hope we it comes true. We all need true. a dream. I hope it comes true. So, uh, but that's great to see everybody in the chat. Thank you all for being here uh, during the live uh, the, the live recording here. So that is on our YouTube channel, which is usually at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, on at youtube.com slash in touch with ios we can watch the current and past live streams as well as listen to past shows uh visit in touch with ios magazine on flipboard where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into the magazine the link is in our show notes you can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher including pocket casts overcast and apple podcasts as many others but better yet go to our website in touch with all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. Jill McKinley, thank you so much for being here. What a pleasure having you as always. Where can people find you? Well, it's great to see you. Uh, you can find me at StartWithSmallSteps.com. That's my main podcast, and I just started the third podcast in my really? giant Small Steps, Small Steps Empire, so that's exciting. Good. Great. Great to again for being here. And uh, Jeff Gammon, as always, a thrill off having you here. Where can people find you? Well, as always, thank you for letting me 
be here. I I really have so much fun hanging out with you and yes. and with you, Joe. And when Ben's yes. here with Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so where can you find me? I'm Jay Gamut on social media. Uh, Mastodon, Instagram, and Threads. That's where I'm active right now. Then for shows on Tuesdays, Chuck Joyner's Mac Voices Live. Here on Thursdays, because Dave is so gracious to let me join in touch with iOS. Then on the British Tech Network on Thursdays, the big show. Fridays, the Mac show. And Brian Chaffin and I record the Context Machine. This week's episode uh, went live right before we started recording this show nice. tonight. Thanks. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening and joining us for the show. We enjoy doing it. And we'll talk again soon.